Quest Beyond. Carl, Ryan, and Sam review the new movies you may want to see and talk a little news along the way. Venture with them for The Quest Beyond. We're good. We're live. There we go. Um, we are live on twitch.tv slash thequestbeyond. I am Kyle, a.k.a. Lugan17, and joined by my co-host... Sam McLennan. How's it going, everybody? Happy Dune Day. We're recording this on the opening day of Dune. Dune Day. Yeah. And uh, Kyle's already seen it, but we're going to save opinions and whatever. Not going to tell you anything. Yeah, I don't want to hear it until I see it. But uh, I'm excited, but it's not the movie that we're reviewing today. No, what are we reviewing today? We are going to cover Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. Wait, I saw House of Gucci early. Is that not what we were supposed to see? <laughs> you lucky bastard. Uh, well, uh, we'll see. Uh, no, I. you know, it's okay. This is, we're in the tangent portion of the pod. I saw that trailer, I think, before this. Did you see House of Gucci before Last Duel? I think so, yeah. And I went, oh, no. Like, it looks, I, I barely could tolerate that on a computer screen. And seeing that, I'm like, this was made for theaters. And from what I've heard <laughs> is the movie's going to be long. Probably just as uh, long as The Last Duel. Oh, my God. I think All it's right, going to yeah, be under so- three. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, so get excited. Get pumped. But, yeah, so we are reviewing The Last Duel and... Happy birthday belated to me last week. Thank yeah. you, Warner Brothers. Because we had, uh, I turned, I turn, I'm in a new decade. I'm 30 now. Oh. I feel exactly the it's same. It's all downhill um, from here. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> That's what I've been told. Um, but we had a plethora of footage to talk about, and we did whittle some of it out. Sam hasn't owned a video game console. I mean, he has one, but he probably hasn't turned it on for video games in about 10 years. So we're, we're skipping the video game stuff, which is fine. There wasn't a ton to talk about anyways, but we got the Batman official trailer. We got a Black Adam first look. We got the Flash first look. And thank the Lord, we are doing the last duel. So it's, we have, we're all, we've been off for like nine days. So yeah. things are not going to work properly but that's all right that's kind of our shtick so yeah sorry if you are listening if you're watching live on stream again i apologize for the difficulty i'm out of sorts so yeah so we're doing the batman black adam first look the weirdest intro i don't know if it's on the footage that you saw for the flash but ezra miller acting super weird when he introed that footage then we have there are times where I get frustrated that we have to delay, and there are times where I'm not. And I am so happy that we couldn't do this on Wednesday because we would have we it would have been over a week of not talking about <laughs> our last trailer, which is Uncharted. Oh which boy! Is, oh boy! Do we have things to say? Yeah. And you know what? It's it's all good news for for our boy. Maybe Ryan's favorite actor of all time, Hayden Christensen, mm. because he is back. Anakin is not only back for Kenobi, but he is back for Ahsoka, the series. So I'm not even going to tell you how I feel about it yet, because there's a ton to talk about for all of this in general. But yes, thank you. Thank you, Warner Brothers, for the birthday gift of four hours which was too long. Like I'm just, I'm gonna. It was way too long. long Could have whittled this shit down to like, I mean, an hey, hour and forty five minutes, two hours. But that, they're doing it Zack Snyder style. 
They are. <laughs> Although, as long as it was, it garnered three times as many viewers this year as last year. Oh, last good. year's was 22 million, and it got up to 66 at some points this year. So, wow. I don't think fandoms are ever going away. I don't think they're going to Comic-Con anymore, because if you can have the world all watching at once, this right. is the future. This this is It's pretty exciting. Unfortunately, uh, as expected, there are a lot of unhealthy not unhealthy i would say rude snyder fans shitting on everything but are we gonna shit on everything i don't know maybe let's get started with what i was most excited for which was the batman sam we've been talking about this movie what feels like just personally for uh, four years now (laughs) it seems like yeah it's been long awaited long in development I mean, I feel like with, there it is. There's There's the prop. prop. Of course. They have pre-ordered the Lego set of this car. (laughs) So, so, you know what? Maybe that's a good entry point because. We can talk about the car? Let's talk about the car right away. All right. How do you feel? Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm having a hard time with the car. Okay. You hate the muscle car? I I like muscle cars in general. Okay. Um, And I feel like. I feel like it's not outlandish enough. I feel like the Batmobile is always like it's some really unique design. So whether that's the Keaton style, the you know the Tim Burton style car, um, or we got the Christopher Nolan Tumbler, yeah, exactly, yeah. There it is. Yes. Props, props, props. I need. Always... A, you know what I'm going to do for next week? We're going to have a props audio sound for our Twitch listeners. Let's just do ASMR with props, like you just spin the wheels and and uh, yeah. Make that the is the tumbler. <laughs> the Batmobile is. This one's really old. This is a what? What print is this? This is 03. This one's real old. And then the Batmobile. Uh, the muscle. I'm gonna just call it the beach or the beast. That's what this is. Like okay. for all intents and purposes, this is the beast. So the beast looks like it's gonna go fast. It looks like it's a uh, you know it would make it is Vin, Ricky Bobby Vin Diesel of the Batmobiles. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's I a little underwhelming for me. I don't disagree with you. It fits in the realm of what I love about this take on Batman more than any of them. I love Batman Begins. I should preface this. I don't... Both of us, we all... We've... Like, Ryan included, we all like the Nolan trilogy. Every... I mean, I know everyone loves The Dark Knight, but... No one has actually really tackled... Low-resource Batman. Like, Nolan's Batman goes from, like, zero to a hundred in that film, right? Like his first Batmobile is the Tumblr and it's like, all right, like you got billions of dollars. But what I like what Matt Reeves has done with the beast, which is what I'm just going to call it. Like they all have a name mostly is that like, it feels like, all right, yes, I have billions of dollars, but I can't just buy a car. Like typically he builds the Batmobiles, whether it's him and Alfred or, um, like there, in there, in there are some versions in the comics and in the animated series. Famously, the first Batmobile was made by a mechanic that Batman hired. But like the Beast feels like Alfred and Bruce for the first time were like, all right, we got a 
I don't know what the hell it is. I should have, I'm not a car guy. Like, we'll just say a challenger and just beefed it the fuck up. Right. <laughs> it's, it seems like an already existing car that they yeah. outfitted. Whereas every other car so far has been like its own unique design model. True. I, I would say the, the, I, I feel that this Batmobile, tonally, they're not, c- couldn't be further apart, but it's maybe the closest to the Adam West car. Sure. Yeah. Right? Because like that was an actual concept car. I have it as well. Of course I do. Um, from that they bought from, I believe it was Ford. Right? Yeah, like this that, that was going to be a car. Feels pretty similar. It's covered in dust. So if you're looking, there they are. But yeah, okay. So, so we, we can go into Batmobile talk yeah. all day. So yeah. in gen- general, how did you feel about this trailer? I loved the tone. I love that they've made Batman feel like a menacing figure, at least like someone to fear where mm-hmm. say with the Nolan uh, trilogy, like here and there, they would make it seem like the bad guys are scared of Batman, but not like he didn't seem I'd like say they super stopped intimidating. doing that after the dark Knight. Yes. Or sorry, after Batman begins, really like there's the oh, scene at the beginning of the dark Knight, And then he's just like, he's in a prison cell in like two in the afternoon. <laughs> right. Like where, where this one, it really feels like he is this imposing figure on the villains. Right. Um, but yeah, the, honestly, like I would say this, this feels like they're, they're really going for that detective movie. It, it, uh, it honestly feels like, uh, like it's, this is David Fincher's bat version mm-hmm. of Batman in, in a way, like, uh, just the way it, the, the visuals look, it's very dark. Um, yes, I'm excited. Like it seems like Riddler is going to be this Hannibal Lecter type. Mm-hmm. They're not really. Which is, show- I love that so much because our generation, more than any other generation, doesn't. And this is, I'm, I'm gonna say this as objectively. People may take it subjectively, but Jim Carrey has ruined what people think the Riddler is, which is he's not bargain bin Joker. Like, yeah. the intellect of the Riddler is supposed to be what makes him terrifying. And who better to play him than Paul Dano? <laughs> <laughs> but I love how they are hiding his face the whole time. Yeah. But when, when we all pretty much know what Paul Dano looks like, unless if it's they just, have some kind of crazy look for him, I don't know. Maybe yeah, it says, I mean, like... Speaking of crazy looks, though, what did you think of uh, more Colin Farrell in this? Because he yo, may be getting a TV show. Dude. I would say the MVP of the trailers, to be honest with you. Like, I first of all, I could not believe that was him. He's, he's mm-hmm. doing a, a, an accent or a voice. He, the makeup is very convincing. So it's crazy. I'm, I'm I mean, excited. Jeffrey, T- not Jeffrey Tambor. Um, oh, shit. What's his name? Paul Giamatti. Uh, no, Richard. <laughs> he's the guy who's the voice of Bing Bong Bing in. Bong. Uh, <laughs> In Inside Out, I will look that up. You keep telling us how you how much we we both love Colin Farrell. Uh, yeah, I'm in the pocket for Colin Farrell to be honest with yeah. you. So like he, you could slather on like mustard all over the guy, and I'd be like, okay, I, I dig it. Richard Kind, Richard Kind, oh, he does okay. look like a menacing yeah. Richard Kind. I'm excited. I like, love that. Yeah. Like this, the Fincher elements are clearly like this is what if Batman was just in Zodiac. And right. I'm like, all right, this is, and I, what I appreciate more than anything with these two trailers is this 
feel this is going to sound stupid, but this feels like Batman, but this feels like a different Batman. Mm-hmm. That is why Batman has been successful. Like people will shit on the Adam West show, but it is distinct in its tone. Same with all the other successful versions. Like are Batman Forever and Robin objectively bad? That's I'd say so. However, like they went for something. And the the at the minimum requirement I think for a successful Batman in general is having an idea. And Matt Reeves in theory, I'm like, oh my god, please. Because he's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War are amazing. His Let Me Out remake is good. I like Cloverfield. Like, just like continue the strides you were doing from the Apes movies and just apply that to Batman. And it is clear in this footage, like, he had an idea. Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Oh my god. Like, that is... <laughs> everything about this just feels yeah. so tangible mm-hmm. it like there are fantastical elements like every the stunts look great it's moody as fuck like people were upset like this is nirvana the batman movie and i love that so much like this is yeah so let me ask you a, then do you yeah. like is there any part of you that is disappointed that they are going with another like kind of dark and gritty batman or would you have liked I to have seen so make a left turn like this feel as I love the Nolan trilogy. I do. Dark Knight Rises is a mess because it's like seven movies in one. But that felt like Batman in the real in our world. Like how could Batman be in in our or like our reality where this feels more Burton in where Gotham looks like its own fucking place. It looks super unsafe. Like, it is New York in the 1980s where you don't walk it, like, when it's dark. Or you're you're pocketing a weapon of some sort. I, I love it. the tone of this feels like you took Batman the Animated Series and just used real people. <laughs> like, it is a world of its own. Uh, yeah, I think you get a sense that Gotham this time is going to feel um grimy like it's gonna feel like there is crime happening where in the nolan ones it just always felt like it was just chicago or it you know you know (laughs) what i mean like we had the narrows in the first movie and you're like oh shit happens here and then you never saw never again again. (laughs) suddenly it's just only skyscrapers ever it's pittsburgh and chicago and you're like all right cool so no i'm very excited i love we finally got to see andy circus he has a goatee, which I like. And in I think that in general, this is going to appease a lot of people who just want more Batman because it is just more Batman. But I like how unique this feels like this doesn't feel like any of the other stuff. I If maybe if you squinted, you could say this looks Burton-y, maybe just in terms of Gotham. But they shot in a lot of, I think, Manchester and a bunch of places in England to really have Gotham feel unique. So I'm excited for this. It doesn't feel like there's too many characters in this. I think the narrative will have them come in when they need to. And otherwise, they're not going to be anchors to the story. But this isn't the only movie uh, Warner Brothers has coming out with Batman. In fact, they have another movie coming out with, with two Batman in the same movie. 
What's that movie? What 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 movie has two Batman in it? Are we getting into the Batman verse? What are we getting, Sam? Two Batmans, one Flash. No, this it looked like there was two Flashes. We're talking the Flash. The we are. Flash, yeah. We're getting two Flashes. So, <laughs> uh, did that confuse you immediately? Uh, no, I don't think so. Like I, you know, it was a brief shot in the in the teaser, um, but it made sense to me. I'm like, okay, there's going to be some element of other worlds it's the multiverse right they're on a different earth time travel whatever you know so do you see the difference already this is how the multiverse works right yeah no not if it's it's always confusing to me whether it makes sense or not i'm like i don't know what's going on but um yeah this looks like like we should have gotten this movie a long time ago. <laughs> That's what it feels like, like. This was slated, I think, for like 2018 in the original investors meeting. Okay, you know what? I I, <laughs> I bet if this movie came out pre-Justice League, because I have a feeling this is going to be good, like, and people enjoy his character, The Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it would have like alley-ooped Justice League even more. If we got the it's, proper version, but like, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, it would it would have been a good stepping stone to like, to make Justice League a smash hit. Um, or you could, I mean, there is a. I understand the 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 conception of doing individual characters, but even using it as a springboard, right, could have been really interesting. Like, if it, I think in the original plan, it was supposed to come out between parts one and two because the first time Barry's actually effectively done time travel spoilers for Zack Snyder's Justice League is that in the right. He t- he yeah. goes back in time to save everybody and that would connect into his film where he spoilers for the Flash or Flashpoint potential spoilers incoming is that. This is taking a lot from Flash. Yeah, uh, it comes up in chat. Flashpoint, which is he travels through time to erase the death of his mother. And that kind of causes a ripple effect everywhere. But so what I think they're doing with this is really interesting is it's not just time travel. He's traveled to another Earth. Which is why there's a Keaton Batman and another Barry. And this teaser certainly leans heavy on the the teaser. Oh, it's all Keaton yeah. all day. This was, I think, online called the Batman Blue Balls trailer. Because it's like, <laughs> we're hearing Keaton nonstop. We see the back of his fucking head in the cowl. And we don't even see the car. I know. They're just teasing. Like, it was, I think... Th- I love The Flash as a character. I've always been a Wally West fan. But I like Barry Allen. They did as much as he's a shitty person. Jeff Johns did a very good job in pun intended in the rebirth of this character, giving him a more sympathetic backstory. Everybody has a dead parent, really. And so I like the Flashpoint story. The part of me that is having mixed feelings with this film in general is how they wrote out Ray Fisher because he spoke publicly against the, the higher ups at Warner Brothers, which is upsetting because Cyborg has a great role in the Flashpoint story. And I feel like he's going to be filled with that role is obviously filled with Supergirl, who we see for a second in the trailer. But she's went. So it's like the last shot is curly haired Barry in a Batman suit. They've spray painted oh, red. That was the other person. That was Supergirl. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's Supergirl. Oh, so right it's on. interesting to me that they weren't like Supergirl's in disguise. It yeah. was like Keaton, 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 and some Flash. Like <laughs> that was the trailer. So I'm hoping in it when we actually get an official trailer, we really get to see what's going on. Like the perfect Flash movie is kind of Back to the Future, like that tone where it's there's there's heavy drama, but it's all it's mostly a comedy. So I'm hoping that's kind of the 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 line they're writing with uh, with what Andy Muschietti's done. We see a bloodied up Ben Affleck cowl on the floor. So I I just I'm I want this movie to come out. A Flash movie should have been out ten years ago, and that we're finally getting one is good. So I overall I, I like the vibes we were given in this. And I've seen set photos of the wig they gave Michael Keaton because his hair's it's thinning, <laughs> and he looks it's it's honestly it's it's such a sweet spot right now for Keaton's Batman because right now they are doing a run of the comics that is essentially taking the place of what if they made a Batman three but with Keaton, so that's coming out right now. So is that going to be canon in this? I don't know. Well, it'll be really interesting to see if it has that kind of synergy. So knowing very little about the flash, like, are you on board with this movie now? <laughs> I'm on board. It feels like it's going to be fun. And what I hope is that with like, say with these movies with the, a fast moving character, like the flash or um, what's his pants in X-Men Quicksilver, right? Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yeah. Um, they have these Quicksilver, like yeah. really yes, just fun like the Australian surfing brand. Yeah, like I hope that there's a like they have some really cool scenes where that he obviously he's utilizing his speed, but like that's a great tool to just have fun action scenes. So I really hope mm -hmm. they lean on some of that. Um, so I'm yeah, I, th I this so definitely too. worked and got me more excited for the movie. Yes. So the Flash's symbol is lightning. Shazam's symbol is lightning. And who used the word Shazam before Shazam? Black Adam. <laughs> Black uh, Adam. This movie, I feel like, has been in pre-production for all these films felt like, even our last trail, like, it's like, when is this coming out? And I know COVID has had something to do with it, but Black Adam is Shazam's Joker. So we finally and have the, the Rock as a superhero. It was bound to happen. Well, well you know, whatever. Super, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has powers. He's um, a villain. Black Adam is a villain. Like, a I know the villain. Rock. And he is certainly a villain in this trailer. <laughs> okay, so is first of all, is this the Rock's first time play playing a villain? Or was he kind of villainous in you the Fast and Furious? You could argue, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he is the villain of, uh, well, he starts as the, it's so difficult. I, okay. <laughs> I, uh, but this is like his outright first, like he is the, yeah, villain. like he's the antagonist in Fast Five, but really the villain is, is, um, Reyes. Yeah. Right. So, no, I would say, yeah, this is tech, but, I have a feel I, they can't redeem Black Adam because then you can't have him fight Shazam or Superman. And that to me would be seriously disappointing. So like Black Adam, if you don't know, and I'm, I'm just assuming our listeners may not, is the is the last human prior to Billy Batson who was given the Shazam powers. So he was a slave during the rise of humanity and ultimately captured. So we see his release. 
right what's in this go- teaser yeah so what's like, going on there like is he he's been frozen in time of, in, of some sort he's been magic like that's the thing about the shazam part of the universe and that's why shazam and black adam can fight superman they're completely powered by magic like shazam if uh is an anagram for like all the powers it's like the speed of mercury the sh- the lightning of zeus the strength of hercules the the knowledge of I, I used to know what the whole thing is, but I can't remember specifically. Um, so, did you see Shazam? I didn't, no. But I, oh, I've, okay. I've heard nothing but good things about that one. I don't know if you'll love it because it is very Amblin-y. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Except it's modern, so I don't know how Maybe. you would necessarily feel about that. But, like, are you sold on The Rock as a bad guy? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... They're obviously going to utilize his physicality, so that that's going to work, I think. I like I looked it up after I watched the trailer and did not realize that uh, Jean Calat Sarah is directing this. Who? Yeah, the is uh, like this Jungle Cruise guy, Jungle Cruise, and all the Liam Neeson actioners. So, I mean, it had me more interested just for that, you know, that point. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about the character, obviously, but. There's a few ingredients in here that I'm like, okay, this could be fun. Um, I am more frustrated that they didn't push through and give us, like, we got a glimpse of Hawkeye's chest belt. Because Hawkeye has, like, a, essentially, it's, he's wearing a, a vest, not a vest, it's, um, it's a, his symbol is, like, belts that go over and under to connect to it. And I want to see... The, so we're getting the Justice Society fighting Black Adam. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing these Justice Society characters. So is Shazam going to show up in this movie to fight him? I don't think so. And it doesn't look like... I. If anything, I think what they're doing is they're pocketing Black Adam to be saved for Shazam 3. Because we're not going to talk about it because there really wasn't a trailer for Shazam Fury of the Gods. But he's fighting, like, other gods. So I think, if anything, it'll be in Shazam 3. Because The Rock, even if Shazam and Black Adam do okay, The Rock will push through and they'll make the third one. Because there is no point to introducing Black Adam if he doesn't fight Shazam. Right. Yeah, so it's got to Yeah, you're probably I'm sold on this. The minute he, like electrocuted a man to dust i went yep i'm down you got it like this totally is fun it's like raiders of the lost arky in the beginning and i know we're gonna have fucking hawkman i love hawkman i could do without adam smasher but whatever so uh, i i mean this is nothing like this is the beginning of the movie and it shot well i mean jungle cruise we all liked so yeah yeah i mean you now that I remember, you don't really get to see The Rock's full face. We all know what he looks like, but we don't, like, they didn't show He's going to Black have Adam's pointy face. ears. Is he really? Which I can't wait, because Black Adam has pointy ears. Oh, that'll be <laughs> He's adorable. got, like, Vulcan ears. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's going to be great. All right. I'm down. But he can't have the Hobbs goatee or beard, because... I mean, the Hobbs goatee is essentially like stubble at this point. It like used to be Hobbs long. It used to be yeah. long. It was drippy and now yeah. it's not anymore. It got shorter. But, you know, we're speaking about facial hair and a key character in our upcoming trailer is known for having a mustache. 
and it's nowhere to be found. I'm doing good with segues today. Let's get into our last trailer of the day with Uncharted. Now, before we get into it, this is a movie that's been in development hell for at least a decade. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg, a decade ago, was going to be Nathan Drake. It's honestly a miracle that we are watching a trailer for this movie. Like, it's crazy that it's been made. I am not one who dislikes Nathan Fillion very much. You could have done a a great Uncharted movie with Nathan Fillion 10 years ago. You couldn't do it now because he's just, he's too old. He needed to look like he does in The Rookie 10 years ago. And that would have been great. Because that, Nathan Fillion has the great, has great um, delivery in this. But... I haven't really said much about it online because I, I, I couldn't wait to talk. But so let's let's oh, let's rip this trailer a new <laughs> a new asshole because this is this is it's fucking bad. Okay, so listen. Go, Sam. Go. Listen, I'm starting with you know the you know perpetrator number one. Okay, we got Tom Holland. What's going? On? Buddy looks seventeen. Okay, and he always looks seventeen. That's why he's perfect for Peter Parker. Uh huh. I agree. Nathan Drake is a grown ass man. So here's the only thing that they could kind of. So it's part of the issue, and I I I have the exact same frame of ref mind for you. Is like for four games, he's a middle aged man. Not middle aged. He's like thirty five. <laughs> right. And then in four, he's he's much older. And we got flashbacks of young Drake, and they're like. I saw a great metaphor, and I wish I knew who did, or a comparison, which is like, this is like if you started the Indiana Jones franchise with the young Indiana Jones adventures. <laughs> it's like, well, there's a reason they made that after they made three movies. It, it's just, it's hard because like, this is based off a very popular game series. And Arguably Sony's most popular in the last decade. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and it... I'm sure helped sell a lot of PlayStations. Um, mm-hmm. So we, I all- bought a PS4 because they were remastering the three Uncharted's. It he's a popular game character that everyone or most gamers are familiar with. So you you go mm-hmm. and cast Tom Holland. I get it. He's one of the hottest actors around, but it's just it's hard. It's hard to like the, the suspension of disbelief only goes so far. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, so what? He's a a college-age Nathan Drake? Is that what we're doing here? And then, so we move on yeah. to now a young Sully, right? Sully. Mm-hmm. No mustache. Sans the mustache. Yeah. Nope. No gray hair. No Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, nothing! Like, <laughs> like nothing to identify that it's Sully. It's insane! <laughs> Um, I watched this trailer seven times in the uh, last four days because I was like, there's got to be something in here I like. And there is. They did a great job casting Chloe, who's like... I had a feeling that's what you were going to say, yeah. She's Drake's fuck buddy. For all intents and purposes, they both just use each other for sex. That's what they do. Like, they're both young adults. Who cares? Live your lives, whatever. She fits in... like. I've played these games all through several times. I love them. I love Indiana Jones. Uncharted is the only franchise that I think really captured that charm 
of the Indiana Jones games, but were able to create new characters. Like, you could argue, and I wouldn't disagree with you, that Sully is essentially just Magnum P.I. That's, that's not wrong, but Sully is great. Like, none of this at all feels the same. The writing in this doesn't, it just sounds like Peter Parker. So I'm like, well, Peter Parker and, like, Nathan Drake is a dick. Like, he's right. a lovable dick, but he's a dick. Peter Parker is not that. And the 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 conversations between these characters aren't fun. The only part I liked in this is the one where the Scottish guy's like, I'm going to give you a proper Scottish beaten. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, that was the... I was like, all right, that is, that is funny. But then... This... Okay. I have in front of me... Four Batmobiles, okay? Alright, just just follow me. And, like, I, we know for a fact that Fast and Furious, they draw lines on paper before back in the day, and they're like, alright, so, like, you have this, and then they, they plan everything out like this. So you can come up with batshit insane stunts, and Uncharted is known for its spectacle, right? You were too fucking lazy. Like, it's not even game service to me. If you just made these care, I'm like, if I watched this and went, wow, you know what? This does feel like this is the prequel to the movie or to the games. Like, I feel like we're getting what, what he did ap after the flashback in Uncharted 4. Cause you get a big chunk of like 17 to 20 year old Drake in four. Oh, this is really cool. No, sorry, it's three. Three, you get... Um, he's younger in four. Um, that you... Cr you, like, make a jaw-dropping, awesome spectacle stunt sequence for Drake. Like, something brand new where people are like, oh, shit, that's incredible. Nope. I tweeted about this and everybody said it was a dad joke. This whole thing feels... They shouldn't have called it Uncharted. It should have been called Uninspired. Like, they just went and took the helicopter stunt scene from the third game. Yeah. It... What's like... It, okay. it feels like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, they're just kind of playing Halloween. Like, they're just dressing up like Nathan Drake for Halloween and, like, made a mm -hmm. fan movie. It, it just... It, this is, like, I think what... This is the type of work that makes video game movies like just fail every time because it's just so like uninspired you know it's just it's, it's really disappointing like the dialogue doesn't feel as snappy as the as the games the the characterization feels completely off and i don't say this lightly but like tom holland is not the right actor for this role yeah. he's just not he's not crass and yeah. like when he's doing it it's it comes off as a performance we reviewed cherry he was trying his damnedest, but the Russos did him no it's, favors. Yeah, it's too hard, man. Like he's a good actor, I'll give him that, but he's just stuck in with that face of a seventeen-year-old. I can't. It's hard. I can't. I just can't do when it. When you tweeted out the mustache and old <laughs> him at the end of Cherry, oh my god, that made me laugh. He looked. But he looked more so like Sully in that picture than yeah. Mark Wahlberg does. <laughs> yes, he did. In the whole movie. Um. The one thing outside of Chloe, I know I'm talking very loud and I apologize. It just, if I love this franchise so much, 
Lost Legacy, which is a spinoff with Chloe and Nadine afterwards, was really great too. Like, I love these games. There's a, there's a rumor that they're remaking one, two, and three to have to like look better and play similar to four because the shooting mechanics, they're rough. They're, they're 10 year old games at this point. Um, but like Sahara looks better than this, which is not something I say lightly. <laughs> But sorry, er, back to my earlier point. The one thing that I did like in this trailer is in the fourth game, we are introduced to Nathan having a brother. His name is Sam. It's like, okay, uh, why have we never heard of him? And they, they, I'd say they tell a good, a, a, a compelling story as to like Nathan thought he was dead. That's ultimately what it comes down to. And the benefit of this is this being the first movie in this whole potentially series is that we already are getting teases with Sam, which is good. But on the other side, all of the uncharted, anythings have had a subtitle. This is just called uncharted. Like you couldn't even come up with a title. I feel like they could barely come up with a story for this. So I, like they're just kind of copy and pasting. Yeah. Ruben Fleischer is a good director. I like the zombie land movies. He's done some good stuff, but like the, it just feels like if you took all the uncharted names out of this, I'd be like, all right, this looks like a movie made for Netflix. Right. Like, uh, like <sighs> ship discovery or whatever the fuck, like a stupid, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the lost city of gold. Antonio Banderas should just be hamming it up. And he's not. Yeah. He, he should be so. playing Puss in Boots. I want to see Nathan Drake. Like, yeah, like, I want, like, crazy Antonio Banderas. So, I, I'm very disappointed. I Tom Holland, I'm, ho like, I'm going to see this, but I'm, I'm so disappointed that I was so bored by the trailer. Like, I wasn't like... Oh shit! Like spectacle and whatever, and it just feels I feel like, like I would have accepted Mark Wahlberg as Nathan Drake if he they just went with him anyway, even though he's old. But like, yeah, it's still like I don't know. He seems more believable than a toddler with wearing the suspender. Thing. Well, and talk about like if this is the first first time we're seeing him i don't know if you've played the games but the like the ring on the necklace he should be wearing it all the time and in the trailer they make a point of him like putting it on i'm like that's like a big deal that ring that he has that because like sir francis drake it's they it's his not actually his last name because they were orphans and whatever and it's just like it seems there was a tweet or a com or interview out where they're like we wanted to appease people who haven't seen it and the game and people of the games. I'm like, you didn't do a very good job with the game people. And honestly, like having in, it just seems like generic adventure movie. So I don't think you did a good enough job of selling that either. I guess maybe if you don't know the stunt is from the third game, but yeah, I'm going with it is, um, uncharted Drake's mediocre, mediocre, mediocre adventure. Yeah, it's, currently. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. Uh, does not really <sighs> no. get me excited. So, that's two thumbs down, I think, for us. I mean, I yeah. I, uh, all right, but we are excited about Ryan's boy, <laughs> Hayden Christensen. Is he's not back for one. He's back for two. 
Yeah. I mean, Disney is like, hey, Hayden, you busy? No? Okay. Well, let's get, let's, let's, let's get you busy here. That, this is great. This is, this is good news. So I guess Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader is going to be appearing in multiple Disney Plus series. So showing up in Obi-Wan, showing up in Ahsoka. Ahsoka? Ahsoka. 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 So this is cool. This is great. And I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I never watched uh, Clone Wars or um, Rebels, but um, I do know that there is a relationship, right, between Anakin and Ahsoka. So he is her. So during the Clone Wars, uh, the period between Attack of the Clones and Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith, even though he is not a master, uh, Anakin is given a Padawan who is Ahsoka. And ultimately, she leaves the Jedi Order due to how she feels that they are effective of, like, their, how they are using their abilities, like, or their power throughout the Empire, or the, the Senate, no, the Republic. Um, which is why she has white blades in the Mandalorian. She's not a Jedi, she is a nomad. So I could not be more excited for this, and that is because I think we are slowly going to close the loop because I know a lot of people don't watch the cartoons, but seeing the animated characters in live action is a big deal because I think it's like the, it is the stamp of approval in the final or the finality of the canon, right? Like you can change lots of stuff gets changed, but once they're live action on Disney plus like they're canon man for the mass audience and Ahsoka and Anakin sharing the screen in live action is something I've always wanted. And I, I really hope we get a flashback of her, Anakin, and Obi-Wan, because then this, like, it, that would be incredible. But um, they have fought in Star Wars Rebels, so maybe we'll get to see some of that in live action, which would be really, really dope. Anakin and Ahsoka fight. Uh, spoilers for C- Rebel Season 2. They do have a fight. And it was awesome. So, uh, more of Ahsoka I'm down for. Rosario Dawson is is awesome. So Yeah, she, was, she was a standout them. in Mandalorian Season 2. So, yeah, I'm excited. And another thing that I'm excited about is I feel like with all the recent Star Wars, you know, shows and movies, is it's all um, post-original uh, trilogy, you know? Yeah. And it's all that aesthetic, which everyone loves, but... Something like this, I'm excited to kind of get back to the prequel aesthetic, the prequel, you know, ships and green screen, green screen, you know, and droids and and all and like racist aliens and stuff. I want to see all that again. Uh, well, that'll be in flashbacks, if anything. Hell yeah! I, I, I like. I just want to see that kind of thing again because I feel like you know, Disney was so scared of like even referencing prequel stuff that. Um, as they should have been <laughs> yeah but like it, it's it's canon like i want to see i want to see that stuff it, it's it's exciting to like get those kind of designs back so um here's hoping yeah i mean i i wouldn't be too surprised if we do see anything that does reference because like this isn't terminator where they're like no but this is the real terminator 3 like there's only so many star wars movies and they made one of them solo but uh, regardless, like, the canon is the canon, right? Like, the movies are the movies. 
And they, they're not, I mean, obviously they changed them with the special editions, but they're not changing anything after that. It's McClunky. Um, but I, I, in general, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited for, I, I know people hate hating Christensen. I don't blame anyone yeah, in what? the prequels for any of that. I don't hate Hayden. Cause like, at the, he's at the end of the day, it was George who said, it's fine. Sure. And yeah. People moved on. Yeah. That's where the blame right? should be. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, I like him. I like Hayden Christensen. I think he goes unfairly maligned. Um, yeah. What is it made in Italy? What's the movie Ryan loves with yeah, him and Rachel Bilson or whatever? That sounds right. Yeah. That sounds yeah. right. <laughs> so, um, check that out and jumper. And, uh, he's in like, what is it? It's like house of Gla- hands of glass or something. It's shattered glass. That's quite good. Shattered glass. Yeah. Is? Um, yeah, I think he's like, I think he's a secret, like secretly a good actor who unfortunately just was pigeonholed. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, this is what he's most popular for playing Anakin. So let's get him back, you know, and get another swing at the ball because I think people are going to be excited. It'll be, I think, sixteen years since. No. Yeah, something like that. Right? Oh five. Oh five was right? yeah. Oh five. Yeah, where it's no, it'll be seventeen years, I think, when Kenobi hits. So it's gonna be great. That's man. Ins- it's gonna be great. Yeah, the- so I yeah, I, I I'm excited for more Star Wars, but I'm always hesitant for more Star Wars. As we as we should be. It's not like it's all been you know gravy. It's uh, there's been some yeah. stinkers. So who knows? So, like because like I think Obi the Obi One show. Seems very promising. I'm I'm really excited for that one. And K- Kamal Nanjiani, Sun Kang, Han from yes. the Fast and Furious franchise. And we didn't talk about this, but he essentially he dropped the note that Han, not Han, Sung said he has a lightsaber. So I'm thinking he's an Inquisitor, which is super cool. Yeah. Which are like um, lightsaber wielding bounty hunters for all intensive per- soldiers for the Empire. They're not Sith, so. That'll be really cool. But so Obi-Wan's last duel was with Anakin in the movies. Ahsoka's last main fight was with Anakin. Matt Damon's was with Adam Driver. All right. So Ridley Scott has two movies this year. Hey. One is Sword and Sandals, and one is just about sandals, <laughs> amongst other things. <laughs> um, I'm going to bet you don't have the IMDb's I, up. I have it up. I have it oh! up. Oh! I'll, I'll just tell you right now, it's both. they're both the same uh, synopsis, so there's no game this oh. time. But I'll give you a I'll let you know now that the synopsis is terrible. This is a bad one. Oh, no. All right, let's go. Okay, so uh, King Charles VI declares that Knight Jean de Carouge settle his dispute with his squire by challenging him to a duel. Now... That's it? I have an issue. I have big-time issues with the synopsis because it's making it seem like King Charles VI is a significant character. <laughs> and not. It's, it's, it's also referencing... Um, Adam Driver's character, Adam Driver, Legree or as whatever, his squire. as his squire, which is not correct. And no, it, it's just a rank, and it completely leaves out. I think the main storyline, yeah, which is Marguerite, Mar- Lady Marguerite. It's her story. 
And they're not even like referencing in the synopsis. This is brutal. Oh, uh, man. That's yeah. too funny. So, Tisk Tisk IMDb <laughs> and Letterboxd. Anyway, The Last Duel. My, my wife was super excited to see this movie. Adam? This is so. Is this is this is Raquel's first movie, right? Since the pandemic, this was her first. Uh, yeah, theater. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. Sorry, she saw No Time to Die with me. But oh, okay, that was uh, that wasn't the intended first movie choice. She she definitely it was definitely oh, this. It was a hundred percent, and we're and we're, we would be definitely going to go see House of Gucci for sure. So uh, she's a big Adam Driver fan. So yeah, we we came to support. And clearly no one else did because this movie bombed at the box office. <laughs> it did so bad. It bombed. I couldn't believe how much it cost. That I, I to mean, me was insane. Sword and Sandals, Ridley Scott. I, I feel like yeah. almost every movie he it makes is a, a hundred mil. Um, Probably. But yeah. it's a shame. No one came to support it. And uh, yeah, so I think this is going to be like some of the last studio original uh, movies that you see in the theater like I don't like it's <laughs> it's tough because again the pandemic is still happening <laughs> like regardless yeah. of where you live it's still going on like our theaters up here not to get political but I like the fact that you have to be fully vaccinated to attend so I feel safe going as does my family and like not letting me, but feeling comfortable with me going. But I think a lot of people are still not going, and you are obviously not getting the unvaccinated public going. So like, and I, no, yeah. go ahead. I was just gonna say, and I feel like this movie skewers towards uh, an older audience as well. Like this is, it's this is yeah. rated I think R in the states and 18A here in Canada. It's 14A up here. Yeah, yeah. and so like. And I don't think like the young kids are coming out to see Matt Damon's mullet. So, like, okay, can can we talk about that? I couldn't <laughs> get over the hair. I couldn't do it. Like Adam Driver, the like you've got your beautiful hair. Yeah, give you a mustache and a like a Van Gogh. I think Matt Damon. Why? Yeah, but here's the thing though. People have mentioned the hair in a lot of reviews. It comes out. Everybody, it's all laughable. But I feel like the hair is absolutely. A story, a storytelling choice. They they made these choices because well, he's a country bumpkin fighter. Is that what well, it is? I think the idea is like <laughs> in the story, like he's this a uh, you know aspiring knight, and he's kind of a tryhard, and he's always kind of just a loser. And I, I feel like the haircuts kind of um, they kind of communicate that. Like Matt Damon is he just looks kind of silly, and even though he's trying so hard. Adam Driver, he's supposed to be this like ladies man kind of thing, so he's got the 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 Prince Charming locks. And then He's got the Adam Driver hair. Yeah, and then Ben Affleck <laughs> about it. is going He's a big fucking asshole. <laughs> he's got a blonde soul patch. Yes, and, and that, blonde hair. That completely illustrates that. I think the haircuts work. I, I'm I'm pro haircuts on this one. Um <laughs> you're not wrong like they a hundred percent fit with the characters but it is so distracting it is distracting i i agree it is so distracting you can't help but stare at the haircuts but (laughs) over time once you've gone through the story multiple times you kind of get used to it and that's is that a spoiler i mean i guess if it's not in the imdb synopsis so i guess (laughs) yeah but okay so 
But in general, oh, like yeah. non spoilers, how did you like? The, I'm, I mean, I yeah. know Raquel liked it. I, I enjoyed it. I really did. I, I like this movie a lot. It, uh, it, it like Ridley Scott is just a natural with this kind of world building, and that that's what mm-hmm. I was so impressed with. Just how like it felt like we we just got sent back in time, and he captured you know France back in the I think it was 1300s. Um, yeah, 1380s. Yeah, like it's just like... It okay, but can I tell you something that drives me nuts about this before you got, dive too deep, deep into that? Go ahead. This has Beauty and the Beast French logic, which is no one has a French accent <laughs> except for one buddy who sings a French song. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why? I know. Why is this there? Hollywood has such a weird... Like, the rules never make sense with Hollywood. They're like, okay, this is France, but everyone's going to have a British accent. But everyone's got a French name because it's like Jean de Carmartage or whatever the fuck his name yeah. is. And you're like, okay, I know it's Jean because it's like Jean in French, but you're, it's like, I'm from Boston, Jean. Like it <laughs> just comes out of nowhere. And you know what? Who handled this the worst was Ben Affleck. I swear. Oh, yeah. He was doing something, some kind of accent, and then it would completely go back to Boston and then, like, come back around. Like, it was just horrible, but it kind of, like, I was like, all right, this guy's a dick. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I like the movie. I think this was, like, uh, like, it has so many themes and ideas. Like I said, the world building is great. Like, Ridley Scott is a, a friggin' like he's a master at what he does so it's just it's it's so well told well shot um i mean if we kind of already spoiled it a little bit like this in terms of the structure i'll just say in terms of the structure the way the story's told it's it's interesting um maybe -hmm. a little more subtle than i was anticipating but like Mm -hmm. it was i think it builds upon itself to when you finally get to the back end of the, the the movie it 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 makes for a really impactful last duel you know um i think the performances are are fantastic everyone is really leaning into their characters like just the standout is jody comer for oh sure. easily she was it's like a like it, she needs to be nominated this is a great performance heavy stuff that she has to kind of navigate through and oh absolutely her and well, and, this, and all the, the filmmakers really like it's it's some heavy themes with this um and i think i feel like they kind of dealt with it honestly and with some sensitivity like i it's tough subject matter but i don't think they sugarcoated anything like they kind of they kind of just dealt with it um and mm-hmm. seeing it happen multiple times uh, was a bold choice, but mm-hmm. I think again, kind of builds, helps build to that finale. Uh, yeah, I would say that I, I over in general, I liked the structure of the film. I think it's really interesting to give the perspective that it does in the in the way that it does that, um, without giving anything away. However, by the, I, uh, I'm sorry. I can't say what I was going to say because that would be a spoiler. Um, in general, yeah, like getting to see the perform the per- everybody's performance in this is good. I think it it it's a slow start into what's going on, um, which was the initial draw, uh, like 
uh, hesitancy with my enjoyment of the films. I'm like, okay. I thought that the f- action sequence in the beginning of the film was shot really poorly. I hate chest zoom in fight swords and sandals fighting because I had no... Everything has been ruined since Battle of the Bastards in this style. Like, I understand the chaos, but I need to know what's happening or going on. And I the duel in itself is fantastic. But the action sequence at the beginning of the film, I was constantly... and. Because of the style of the movie, it went. I I don't know what's happening. Like it's all over the place, and we can barely see. It, and I it, I don't enjoy shaky cam. No. It's not artistic. It's just bad direction. It, it really reminded me of the first action scene in Gladiator when the Romans yeah. are are fighting the um I don't even know <laughs> the other the other side was, but like it, it's shot in yeah. that in that vein where yeah, like there's. Real, some real close-ups and it's hard to make out exactly who's swinging at who. Um, mm-hmm. But there are moments where I feel like the action sequences are well pulled off here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's certainly, I felt like the action isn't even the, yeah, like the main highlight of no, the it's, movie. It's, this is, it's a drama shrouded in, in occasionally a sword fight. Right, right. Right. This is a political drama for all intents and purposes. Like, if you're going to call it anything, it's a political thriller that just happens to be leading into the last. It, it really duel to the is death. because, you know, it's different noblemen dealing with mm-hmm. specific issues. There's a lot of talk about land and stuff. And then there's even like. It's pa- like Catan. There, <laughs> yeah. There's a, and there's, it's part cart, uh, courtroom drama as well. Like, yep. it, it's. There's a lot going on in the movie, and it, which kind of, I think, sometimes might feel a little bloated because it is a, a long movie. Um, it, and it it feels long. Yeah, I think. Well, okay. I, we there's not really anything we. It's. I feel like it's not a spoiler, but I don't even want to risk <laughs> diving into that. So like, we're gonna get into it now. Yeah. Like, in, I like the movie. You like the movie. Go out and see it. Your theater probably won't be busy. Uh, but. I, yeah, I feel like go see in a theater for sure if you can. But, you know, when this pops up on Amazon Prime or it, whatever it shows up, this is definitely worth your when time. When it's on a streamer, when it's on ready to rent. I, is it Disney Plus? Because was this 20th Century Studios? This is this was a Fox movie bef- pre-Disney acquisition. So yeah. I guess it's going to come to Disney Plus eventually. Um, yeah, I don't know if it falls because I know Free Guy, like the part of the acquisition was all the stuff in develop in in production had to go to theaters. But I don't know if this falls under their agreement with HBO because I know some stuff has gone to HBO, but Free Guy went to Disney Plus. Yeah, so I'm not sure, but definitely when you have the time, like Green Knight is on Prime now. Check it out when you can. It is definitely worth it, but. We can't really say anything else about the story of the film because the movie does something unique in how it tells you that story, which we're going to get into now with spoilers. The Last Duel. Full spoilers incoming right now. This movie is the same thing three times. <laughs> Told. Uh, I didn't know that. Did you know that? I, I did know that. I heard it like they, the structure is like... Rashomon style so yeah you see from three different perspectives so like each mm-hmm. each section is is you know labeled as the truth according to Jean 
La Carre Rouge. And then the next one will be whatever, Legree, The Truth According to Legree. And then the final one's The Truth According to Lady Marguerite. But then, like, fades to just the truth for yes. on-the-nose impact of this is how it really oh, happened. Oh, it's subtle. <laughs> I kind of laughed to myself the first time we saw a chapter, and I went, everyone gave Zack Snyder such shit for his movie being cut into chapters. I like and, the know, chapters. It's fine. Both yeah. of the movies do a very good job with the chapter. I like that. a good chapter. I enjoy yeah. I like a good chapter. It's yeah. fine when done effectively. I think Quentin Tarantino kind of uses it as a crutch, but uh, we'll move on from that. Uh, anyways, um, so yeah, so we get the same 30 minutes. Essentially, the story is, and I'm only going to tell you once, is um, Legree and Jean, what is it, De Carmartage? De, what's his last name? De, it? It's got to be in front of Carouge? you. Carouge. Carouge. I want to, yeah, Carmartage is where fucking Jean, Dr. Strange goes. <laughs> Jean de Carouge. De- De Carouge. Yeah. And so they are squires, which is a rank of the military. So um, it's just below so knight. You're, you're not a, just below knight. Yeah. And so they were, they're friends. They're fighting whatever war France is fighting at the time. And they, a new lord has taken over their area of France, played by. Benny Affleck with his blonde ass hair and he plays a great dick. He's it fits. The character fit him like a glove. Like he's just an asshole. You're never supposed to like him. He does a great job of kind of you think it's look look La, what is it? La Rouge? <laughs> De Carouge. No. Oh, no. oh a driver? <laughs> Dri- yeah, it's Legree. Yeah. Legree. Legree, and you think it's Legree who's being manipulated, but it's actually, I feel like it's the other way around, right? Like, Legree starts as this kind of decent human being, but the Lord Pierre, like, really brings out the shitty side of Legree, uh, and to ultimately his demise. And so, they are, they go, uh... (laughs) Carouge's first wife is dead he's never had a son so he's concerned because he's going to be a captain of a fort when his dad dies but he doesn't have an heir Um, Legree is now like the sheriff of Nottingham essentially for the lord going around being like give me all your rent bitches and so in order to survive this Matt Damon marries Jodie Comer and he's given a bunch of land because she is a rich dad and essentially over time Legree is given more and more power through the through Lord Pierre, and this a- always is fucking over Matt Damon. And he's like, dude, you're a fucking asshole. Why are you being a fucking asshole? And their friendship, it ultimately this is about two friends who fall apart. And ultimately one makes a horrible, horrible choice. And but they, so they both the they f- both let their egos like completely get to their that. judgment. Uh, oh yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Absolutely. So we're given both of their perspectives, but I obviously the movie makes us fe- is leads us to believe that Marguerite's story is what actually happens because Matt Damon's like an idiot, Legree is a sleazeball, and Jodie Comer's kind of like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and so, um, ultimately, what happened? Uh, Legree is given land, and he is kind of rising in the ranks of political power. 
but he's still a squire. And right. through be, in order to continually support his family, Carouge is fighting in the wars because you get paid for service. It's not like now where you're just a fucking body to be used for for numbers. And eventually he's given knight. I love that sequence where he's like, call me. If you don't call me sir again, motherfucker, like I will kill you. Call That's him out. such a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, like man. you kind of feel his Neil frustration. Neil before Zod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Neil before this bullet. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, cause like his character is, I am business in the front and party <laughs> in the back. He, he he's like he's really trying to earn, and he does eventually earn his knighthood. But like literally through blood, sweat, and tears. Where yeah, he's like, I am, I am what you tell the people you are. Right. Like I am fighting for this country, where you are just weaseling your way through. And yeah, exactly. Adam Driver, man, he does a good job being a complete piece of shit. Like in this movie, he does a good job. He does. Like you, you, you like but him, like you like him, but you can't trust com- him. Like, no, he's completely ignorant to his douchebag douchebaggery. Yeah, for sure. Which like is ultimately horrifying. Like the first time you see, because you don't see the rape in Matt Damon's, because he wasn't there. Right. Yeah. So I guess right and yeah. Should we like just real quick like. There's a, a rape happens. Yeah. You see it twice, like through different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of ultimately what is the, the main conflict, which is like, you know, yeah. a Lady Marguerite calls out the rape. And- which had, apparently has never happened in the history of anything. <laughs> that honestly, the hardest pill to swallow in this whole movie was just like women not being people. It. Which like that was what like I I when we got out of the movie I'm like wow that just it goes to show that sadly like right now is the best time to have ever been a woman and even then it like even now it's, it's which is still sad. a sad statement like this is coming from two men right 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 but like it's it's crazy how relevant this is still yes yeah as a story Very that's timely. the thing that I find find really depressing and I think that's uh, that um, that must be what drew and we haven't even mentioned this that affleck and damon collaborated with uh, nicole holof center to write this story mm-hmm. and it seems very yeah. much like this is a me too era story but mm-hmm. told absolutely through uh, the medieval era but you're, you're right like it's a very timely story and uh it, it's sad it's 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 a tragic kind of story yeah so while uh, Dika Rouge is earning his knighthood. That in that process, uh, Legree feels that she's flirting with him. So it's like, well, I can rape her. Like essentially, is what happens. That's his point of view. He's like, it was fine. She didn't really fight back. And it's like, even from his point of view, I'm like, oh, well, oh yeah, it was so cringy. But like, <laughs> it was subtle in that it seemed like they kind of made it seem like she was more seductive from his point of view. Oh, for sure. But when you see it from hers, it's like, bro, like step back, dude, I was just being nice. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jodie Comer is the obvious standout in this because of the, 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 the trilogy of different characters she plays to the, like the perspective, the men have on her and she's an incredible actor. Or actor, actress, whichever 
association you want to provide. Uh, there's a reason she's award winning. It, but her range is, and the disparity in that character, in that she feels like she's broken, not being able to provide her husband with a son. Obviously, among all the 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 rape stuff, and when oh, the scene that I just it like hurt to watch was fundamentally so after the rape, um, Ducarouge kind of gossips it into getting to the king because he knows the lords gonna be like who cares doesn't matter but he needs to get it to the king so he can challenge him for a public duel and in doing so the like church and the state are both pros or um what's yeah the, i, I mean, used to know this they're what's the word they are cross, yeah, prosecuting cross examining Cross-examining, yeah, that's what it is. Um, Marguerite, and that is an uncomfortable sequence. It, it It's all, like, you know, the science of the medieval era, which is very... If you don't <laughs> like, come, you don't have a baby. And it's like... It's very rudimentary. All, okay, complete... This is just a dirty joke for the sake of it. Everybody, all the guys, it's like four pumps and they're done in this movie. Yes. So, like, obviously the woman's not having a good time, which I found so funny because Adam, Dr like, this is, it's not, it, it is obviously a very serious topic, but Adam Driver thrusts, like, four big thrusts and he's done. Yeah. Thank <laughs> and it's God. Like, Oh, oh yeah, thank God it's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, brutal. Like, in terms of the interrogation and stuff, like, mm -hmm. you just feel terrible for her because obviously she's speaking the truth, but it, like, they, they do everything in their power to, like, to, to doubt, to put any kind of doubt. Um, mm -hmm. So, it, it like, and it leads to, like, some pretty high stakes because they, also reveal that if her husband Matt Damon loses the duel, then that must mean um, she was lying, and and that she has because God will determine the winner. Yes, and, and I'm like, all oh, right, religion. And then she has to <laughs> burn at the stake. Um, all craziness, all like just so yeah, wacky. Leads to the duel. Leads to the the, the last duel, which is intense i thought yeah i thought what was going to happen is they were both going to die and that she was going to somehow get out of it because like matt damon gets stabbed through like his carotid artery in I his know. leg i'm like oh my god and i'm like so he's a dead man <laughs> like, but i mean it didn't like, seem like maybe it with his end. last and adam driver does not get clean killed he gets a knife pushed through the back of his neck <laughs> Through the mouth. It was yeah, like, with like a knee. In, go! Knee to yeah. the back. Boom. I, Brutal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That, Raquel probably hated that. I was like, I turned to her. I was like, you bet on the wrong man. So sorry. You, you bet on the wrong horse <laughs> yeah. for this. And then John Oliver's in the background like, no. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, the... The duel is it's it's a larger chunk of the movie than I thought it would be, to be honest, because the whole movie play, like we said, it is a political thriller where everybody's kind trying to keep prosperous and fight for roles and have some sort of political inclining, um, like in where they can control and land, just, just um, 
um, disputes and whatnot. Like, it sounds really dry, but like you said, Ridley Scott does a really good job, I think, in providing enough exposition, but just kind of letting us experience the world with the characters. And when you get to do it three times, you can fill in gaps each time you do it. Because the first chapter, I was like, what the fuck's happening? Because it keeps jumping yes, yeah. a lot. I couldn't tell but- if, like, okay, are we... Are we is this scene does it take place before the scene we just saw like yeah it kind of plays with time a little bit and then you're right like we get to the second part and you're like oh okay this makes more sense and but by the third time so when we're in the truth section and he and matt damon came back i'm like wait wasn't she raped already and then no it turns out it's when he left for paris and i was like i totally didn't remember that because we're in we're doing this for the third time but overall I, I it, it's to, it's not an enjoyable experience, but this heavy drama with swords and sandals, this was something we don't typically get. Like this wasn't like for the glory of the king and which is typically what this kind of stuff is. But you're right. Like the modern lens in this realm was something that I think was a really cool experience. This is not a movie I'm going to watch a lot, but if this was on at like, eight on a sunday i'd probably watch it again for the experience and like it shot really well outside of the issue i had with the the opening fight sequence which we see twice which is kind of annoying but like the whole movie was cast really well yeah i like seeing matt damon and ben affleck be at odds in a movie that's fun yeah yeah i like that dynamic yeah the material allows all the characters to really like having the it's not old english in terms of language which is nice because I know sometimes, and nobody's doing a British accent, which like, I it's been popping up in fucking everything. There was the the Russian, the show about the Romanovs, and they're doing English accents, and I'm like, <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, just be either do Russian or be what you are. But everyone being English, I think that was really stupid. But in this, like, everybody's just how they talk. So, it, I think yeah. uh, it's go ahead. It is sad that. It's bombing so hard in the box office because I feel like a story like this and, and like, you know, the, the period it takes place and they would normally be like, okay, you know what, let's just, can you, can you spread this out to like 10 episodes and we'll make this a limited series or something? Um, Well, yeah. Right. So um, for it to be a movie like this, big budget, big directors, big stars, like big screen. It played well on the big screen, big but screen. I, I think yep. I think this will eventually find an audience when it gets to to be rented or or on Netflix or something. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a, a this is a movie for grownups. This is an adult drama, so mm-hmm. know that going in. It's not going to be like a feel good movie, that's for sure. No. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it. I love the the. The medieval time era. I love like did you, did you say with the duel? Were you expecting mm-hmm. them to like they they joust? Were you expecting a them to, to joust a lot? <laughs> like to like no. basically recharge after every single No, I'm I'm a night's tale jousting where you get one and then you're moving on to another event. Like That's what I thought. No. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um mm-hmm. I had a good time with this. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I agree with you. I'm probably not going to be rewatching this and, um, just due to the subject matter, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. but I like it. I like it as a part of Ridley Scott's kind of canon of 
sword and sandals movies. Like I'm a big fan of his, uh, his of his cut of Kingdom of Heaven. I mean, who does? What about Exodus, Gods and Kings? Oh, who doesn't love that one? Everyone remembers that one. Um, obviously, Gladiator is a classic. Um, so I, I just. Is it- are you not? A it's gl- really good. Is it Best Picture? I'd say no. Uh, of that year, though, what was uh, what was nominated? Are you gonna pull it up? Yeah, pull fine. Up. Go ahead. You guys, you you can go yeah, ahead. Let's look at 2001 Academy Awards. Let's do it. All right. You uh. Um. As Sam is looking this up, um. Well, we are going into the Rickman scale. Shout R.I.P. to Alan Rickman. The reason we have the Rickman scale, you can give her give numbers. 1 through 10 and 0.5s. So I will go first as Sam is looking this up. I'm giving this a 7.5. There's a lot about this I really liked, but it's not. And I like Sam mentioned, the the subject material and in terms of how they tell the story, the Rashomon style, as you said, it is an experience. And this kind of heavy drama is something that I like to see in the theater. And it's definitely something that, I like we've said, is worth the watch. So I'm going to give it a 7.5. Uh, I'm around the same. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give it an eight. I, sure. I really liked this movie. I appreciated that it's not like talking down to the audience. It's like this is timely subject matter that we're just going to deal with. Um, I love the the casting, the stars, the performances. Um, the, the I mean, the production design, all of it. Like, it's just so well done. Um. So, yeah. yeah, like I'd say this is a worthy a worthy movie to see whenever you can. Um, okay. All right. So that r- rounds up to a 7.75. But before we go, we are going to see what was the <laughs> what was best picture nominees in 2001. Yes. So we have. All right. What do we got? Gladiator, obviously. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Should have won. Now, Sorry. Now we got two Steven Soderbergh movies. We got Aaron Brockovich and tra- and Ocean's Eleven. I wish no uh, tra- <laughs> traffic. And uh, here's the wild card: Chocolat. Okay. Chocolat. Chocolat is the most meh movie I've <laughs> ever seen. I remember watching that in Food and Nutrition, being like, "This sucks." Why did they show that in Food and Nutrition? Because they're just making chocolate. Yeah, that I don't know why. Uh, um, so I mean, I'm man. I'm sorry. Traffic is better, and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is better. I mean, even Aaron Brockovich is pretty good. I like that one. Aaron <laughs> is really good too. But I feel like like Gladiator. That feels, you know what that feels like? That feels like an 01 um, uh, resume award. Like, all right, here you go. Maybe like, I- it's the Departed of its day. <laughs> like we didn't give it to you for alien or you know what i mean like I, that's I, what that i feels feel like between gladiator and maybe crouching tiger like they have the more memorable scenes like you could probably think back about some of the scenes in those films like they like the kind crouching of crouching tiger might be the most influential kung fu movie ever made it's up there it's up there so yeah it's it i don't know i think it's in terms of the five like i see i could see why gladiator won but 
I get it. Yeah, yeah. like I get it. It's in it's you know why it won probably and this is not a shot. It's one of those movies that like they would have made in the 50s. Yeah. Like you know, you and I loved Hail Caesar and when they're showing all the like golden yeah. age cinema movies, it's like Met Navy Men. Yes. Gladiator. It's a western. It's you know very I mean? like reminiscent of like Ben-Hur or like Spartacus, something exactly, like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I agree. That's exactly why. So that was our Academy Award uh, <laughs> rewind, our rundown. But yeah. with so the this wraps up the episode. Thank you much for for listening on all the platforms: iTunes, Spotify, wherever we are, Google Play. I don't know if they've merged yet. Does it matter? Not really. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I've been streaming irregularly, but you can check out friend of the show Rob Keys at Fail Cube, uh, Shane Southpaw next week. I th- we should be back to regular, regularly scheduled programming with Dune. Denise uh, watching Dune. Yes. If you were... Um, uh, I would like to go next. <laughs> and uh, so if you're watching on Twitch, I already have a poster. Shout out to uh, Warner Brothers for the poster. And Sarnoff, make Dune 2. That's all I'm going to say. But regardless, we are excited about that. Um, we may have some news next week, but if we don't have more news next week, we will be doing what you've been watching. So it's been about a month since we've done one of those. There's a number of things we could talk about. I've Ted Lasso was over and I've started. I finished Star Wars Visions, which was dope, but there's a bunch of other stuff uh, coming up. We may have some more news from Marvel. Who knows? We don't really get to pick when when stuff is coming out, but we are getting closer and closer to Marvel stuff, kind of more down the pipeline with Eternals. Actually, I I wish I could look at the schedule. Can I be honest with you, Sam, about, may- about Eternals? You're not looking forward to it? Well... I'm kind of sick of seeing the trailer, to be honest with you. I feel like every time I've gone to the movies... It does! It plays in front of everything! Every single movie, I'm like, hey, enough with the Ikea joke. Yeah, so we're doing Dune next week, and then there is a gap. So I think what we might do, because it wouldn't make any sense delaying it any further. So next week is going to be Dune. The following week, if Sam disagrees, we may do something differently. But let's get The Many Saints in Newark. Let's let's <laughs> let's get that out of the... We can only go to the theater so many times, people. Yeah. That's ultimately what it comes down to. And Sam and I are huge Soprano fans, so... And we love John Bernthal, and Leslie Odom Jr. is in it. So, all right. So two weeks from now, we'll be doing The Many Saints of Newark. Can Alan Taylor make a good movie? Find out in two weeks. And then after that, we've got The Eternal. Then it's just blockbuster season. So we're going to get into that. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow on Twitch, which would be much appreciated. Um, Hopefully, IMDb and Letterboxd don't steal each other's homework for the plot next week i am so excited to see what they have written for dune for <laughs> like i can't even tell you how I, like it's gonna be like it's, it's a thousand words or or the opposite where it's just like timmy chalamet fights a worm in sand you're like oh okay <laughs> interesting all right zendaya is there yeah <laughs> denny villeneuve made another movie all right, so that wraps up the episode. The quest has has been good, but we are taking it beyond.